With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, my name is Ali Vigneault, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hi, I'm Matt Niskanen. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, it's Derek Graham. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're, you're listening, listening to, to Snow the Goalie. 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 Welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's podcast, the Players podcast, the Presidential podcast, the Prognosticators podcast, the Pandemic podcast, the Pedialyte podcast, the Pampers podcast, the Pandemic podcast. You snuck in Pandemic twice. The Pedialyte podcast, the Presidential podcast, the Pandemic podcast. Three times. Oh, man. The Pandemic podcast. That's what we are now. That's Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter, at Philly, of course. I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad, and this is Snow the Goalie at Snow the Goalie, Facebook.com slash Snow the Goalie. And we we have to we just have to have have a moment here um, to think about all the things that we were planning on doing in the next few weeks. We had talked about going up to two episodes a week. We had what would have been three more press row shows since the last time we recorded. Um uh, obviously, the Flyers would have beaten Tampa Bay on Thursday, Edmonton, and Minnesota over the weekend, and we would have been talking about your first place Flyers. And instead, we are um, sitting at home, and we're just kind of pondering the future and the existence of sports as we know it, as we embrace the online existence that many in the Delaware Valley have to embrace as they are now forced to work from home with their children hanging off of them, losing their minds without the solace of knowing that at 7 o'clock they can turn on NBC Sports Philadelphia and watch the hottest team in town, your Philadelphia Flyers. This is a rough reality. Yeah, it is. It's it's disappointing, I think, for a lot of people, Russ. I mean, yeah, you know, I know you're exci- you were excited because we have a lot going on and you know, there's even more that you know a lot of people don't even know about that's potentially down the line, and and who knows, maybe that got blown up by the fact that this season may not finish out at this point. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's so you know, it was exciting for us. It was exciting for Snow the goalie, of course, but it was also more so incredibly exciting for the for the city to finally have hockey that mattered again and have a team that could make a run again. Um, I, you know, we had gone back and forth. I mean, I, and I had told you that I thought that this team was the best team in the division, still do, um, I, and that I think that uh, they could beat anybody in the Metro. I just don't like them in a seven-game series against Boston, especially, uh, also against Tampa. I don't think they match up as well against Tampa either. Um, but I did think that they would give either of those teams a series. I think that if they played in an Eastern Conference final against Boston or Tampa, you'd probably get a six, seven-game series, and it would be really thrilling and exciting 
exciting and we would have had a long spring. It would have been a lot of fun. And then there would have been a lot of juice going into the off season as we prepared for 2020, 2021, when you looked at it and said, okay, the Flyers are back to being where they should be uh, at the top of the standings and are a legit Stanley Cup contender again. But now that kind of just fizzles because we're going to be without hockey the rest of March, all of April, and into May. Probably May. Probably all of May. Well, I, I think that there was at, a, at this rate. Yeah. Well, there was rate. a story. There was a story that came out today that said um, uh, they're looking at mid-May as a possibility, um, and I think that that's. I think that that's fair. I mean, I think that that's still fair. I know the CDC put a, a release out. Um, uh, yesterday, Sunday, we're recording Monday night, so it was Sunday, uh, that said, you know, recommended uh, no gatherings of 50 people or more um, for the next eight weeks, uh, which would take us to mid-May. Um, so I, I think... And that then the, today, and then today... The, uh, yeah, the president. It was the president and uh, all of the, the people who are in charge of the, I don't know, what what do we say, the the rollout of policy that is related to the coronavirus uh, came out and said that they're now recommending uh, no, no groups of, of more than 10 people for the next 15 days, Yeah, which that that's a whole other thing. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about thoughts on that, but um, it, it's almost as if that, that whole thing has gotten ramped up again. And, and even in that press conference, he even had mentioned that it might not be until July or August until this thing really washes out, which is probably fair. Right. Yeah. Based on well, based I mean, on medical advances and everything, especially in the last few weeks. Of course, uh, some of my favorite tweets in the last few days were uh, all the people who are like, man, you tell Canadians they can't have hockey and look what happens. And it's like the University of Saskatchewan had figured out a uh, or they, they started working on a vaccine. There was uh, another I think it was like a, a co-op between two other universities in Canada that had isolated the uh, the disease itself. So it was, it was kind of funny to see. Uh, hockey and Canada getting some love in their uh, breakthroughs on on the disease research. It was kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um, so I mean, if you look around, I mean, baseball said mid May. Um, NBA said June, uh, and, and the NHL said uh, May. And I think that you're probably looking at getting back on the ice, maybe for like a you know like a like, like a mini camp kind of thing. You know, if you say mid-May, maybe that takes a week or two weeks to kind of get back up to where you need to be. And then maybe by Memorial Day weekend or just after that is when you can get back into, you know, whatever the structure would be of uh, – I, I don't think that if that's the case. I don't think we're going mid-May. I don't think that there's going to be any continued regular season. I think that the regular season is probably over. But I also don't think that they're just going to pick the top eight teams in each conference and have a playoff – uh, with the standings finished as they were. Uh, I think that they're going to try and appease the teams that were in the playoff hunt um, and figure out a way to add them in to some kind of um, bastardized playoff format that would allow for more teams and maybe kind of, you know, generate some excitement and and really kind of, you know, get the get the ball rolling a little bit. Um, still giving an advantage to the teams that are at the top. Maybe they get, would get a buy. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's disappointing because this, this was uh, – the Flyers were taking over this town. It, they, were, they had, the, they had the, the eyes and the ears of this town for 
for a good week, week and a half there, there Russ, before yep. uh, before the virus hit. And, um, and uh, you know, even when they come back, if they come back and when they come back, uh, at that point, you know, you're talking about baseball being back, you know, and, and the season underway and a shortened baseball season, in which case, you know, the Phillies might have a better chance um, than they would have if they had to play 162. Uh, the possibility of a uh, an abbreviated NBA playoff um, with a fully healthy Sixers team. Obviously, you're probably looking at, you know, uh, Ben Simmons being back by that point. And so maybe I know they're they've been a disappointment most of the season. But I mean, the thought is is that you know maybe with a healthy lineup and and a team that was built to play in the playoffs, that maybe they can make a, a little bit of and a good matchup for them where they are. So you know they'll get a lot of the uh, a lot of the the uh, eyeballs on them. And of course by that point you're in mini camp for the Eagles. Um, and, and so like the Flyers are gonna are gonna have to you know elbow their way into the conversation again. And it's disappointing because they would have they would have been the team that everybody was following, and it would have been a magical little run for them, um, no matter how long it lasted. They really kind of have the city, you know, one hundred percent behind them, and they'd be the lead sports story. I don't know how it is down by you, but uh, where I live, I have noticed, and and it's not just like that. Uh, you know, when you buy a new car, you uh, you tend to notice the same kind of car on the road. You know what I'm talking about? Like if you buy uh say like a like a GMC Acadia or something, you just like automatically start to notice them on the road where you, you never used to before. Yeah, like I have a I Nissan d- I have a I- Nissan Altima and I see everybody with my car. There you go. So like I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that, but I feel like I have seen so much flyer stuff and I when when I started at this site, I I never wanted to be a one sport guy. I never wanted to be somebody that was like all in on one team and would like trash the others. But this show has kind of blown up big time. So now I kind of feel this almost necessity to put down the Phillies, for example, as I boost up the Flyers. But I have not seen more than maybe like three Phillies things in the last month and a half. And especially with spring training going, you would think that you would see a bunch of it. Obviously, people are afraid to wear Sixers stuff because of how bad the season's been. You really don't see Eagle stuff this time of year. It's been weird because you walk into the grocery store, you walk into the liquor store when the lines are wrapped around the building. Um, it, it's flyer stuff everywhere. And it, it's such a shame because after a decade of mediocrity, the team finally gets it together. And, you know, we're in a, we're in a scenario now where a lot of the, the wind that was in their sails has now been taken out. And we're all just kind of floating with no real direction. And I think maybe that I will say on a personal note, this whole thing is so upsetting to me because it has been a year of ups and downs uh, behind the scenes with our show. Um, not because our, our show is in any way, shape or form in a bad spot. The audience has grown exponentially. We've started up a Facebook page and a Twitter page that have been adding on pretty substantially in, in the last week or so. Um, but we had, we were in the midst of probably the biggest announcement that we could make. And right as I thought we were about to maybe finish that up or, you know, bang out a couple more details, the NHL pauses, the NBA shuts down. I'm going to blame Rudy Gobert because I think everything that happened in professional sports is due in large part to Rudy Gobert being a jackass walking around 
touching everybody's mic, everybody's recorder. I know that at this point, everybody, even if you hate the NBA or you don't follow it, or even if you do, that Rudy Gobert goes and makes a joke. The Utah Jazz Center makes a joke out of, you know, the coronavirus and spread. He touches all the microphones and recorders, presumably had already had the coronavirus at that point. Uh, They go to tip off against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The refs run back out onto the court. They clear the um, the teams from the benches. They cancel the game. Everybody's kind of held without the ability to leave right away. The media gets sequestered. The teams get sequestered. Um, and and from that point on, it goes into full-on panic mode. The NBA shuts down. The NHL's kind of in a no-win position where even if they said, you know what, none of our players have tested positive for coronavirus. We're going to play in empty stadiums. I thought for a very brief moment, that Gary Bettman was going to sit back and think, you know what, we're the only show in town. MLS is going to conform. The NBA has already moved on. MLB is probably going to shut it down. We could be legitimately the only show in town. And if there's a way to try to get eyes on the product, even if there's blowback from the public, my God, imagine being the only thing that ESPN can cover for a couple of weeks until inevitably somebody tests positive and then they have to shut it down. I thought for a second that that was that was maybe going to be the uh, the operating so notion yeah. from the league. So so let me let me put myself in Gary Bettman's shoes because oh I I'm I'm wearing them in a lot of ways. Um, as you know, and uh, some of our listeners know, but maybe not everybody, um, I'm the president of a board for a uh, for a performing arts location for a theater. And, Are you? Yes. Do you want to do, do you want to do a plug? No, because we got nothing going on right now. Uh, but, but um, you know, we were put into a situation uh, here where we had a sh- we had a show that was slated to open on Friday, and as of last week, I mean, we were getting some questions on uh, on uh, Tuesday. You know, saying, "Well, what do you guys want to do? What are you going to do?" And so on Wednesday, we put a we put a, a note out. I wrote a letter, and I put it out. On Wednesday, on social media, cha- our social media channels, we emailed it out to our uh, seven thousand email addresses that we have. It basically said, "Hey, look, we're monitoring this thing as closely as anybody else is. We're paying attention, um, and things could change. But as of right now, we're remaining open, and we're going to continue to, uh, you know, provide quality entertainment for for people." Um, and then Wednesday night happened with the NBA. And it sent the country into a frenzy. We actually didn't cancel, and we took some hits on social media. There were people who were talking about how irresponsible we were. One woman accused us of being killers because we are now keeping our doors open was going to kill people, okay? Because, you know, we're forcing the audience to attend. Um, and, and the fact came to, it came to be on Friday – we're sitting there saying, you know, we probably can get through this weekend without much of an issue. There's, there have been, uh, there had been at the time, there had been one case of coronavirus in Delaware County, and so we were thinking we could probably get through the weekend, and then if we need to, then shut it down. We'll shut it down. But ultimately, the decision we made was to close it down, and the reason we closed it down was more because of. It would be a bad look for us. And I think that the NHL is probably in the same situation. Could they have played a little bit longer and, and not really had much of an issue? And like you said, maybe play in, in, uh, in arenas with no crowds but keep it on television because that's where the real money is? Yeah. 
yeah, they could have done that, and, and and they could have done it for a little while longer. Hell, who knows if they if their players were really careful, maybe they were able, they'd still be playing, right? Who knows? But the fact is, is that the NHL, just like my little theater, couldn't afford to, couldn't afford to to have that bad stigma publicly even if it was for just that one weekend for us or even if it was just for another week or two for the nhl whatever the case might be they it wasn't worth the risk uh of of having your name besmirched by the public uh to to do it so you you we comply and and you know the nhl complied and i think other leagues kind of the same thing i mean the nba shuts down i think i mean baseball lasted longer than the nhl when you really look at it and really think about it you know they dragged their feet a little bit longer because they I'm weren't shocked. seeing. Well, I mean they weren't seeing anything in in Florida and Arizona. You want to talk about? I mean, there's hot zones in this country, and not and those sure. two are are not it, right? So that's where they're playing. It's like, well, gee, you know, it's not affecting the people in this area. Why do we have to shut it down? But they're the, they eventually. I mean, the fact that they eventually gave in um, lets you know, you know, and and you know, I, in the world of theater, like Walnut Street Theater in Philadelphia, they didn't cancel anything until today they waited till today to do it and so i mean you, you just so you know i mean they were they they were the one theater that was holding out and they but they held out until today um before they finally begrudgingly <laughs> shut their doors um so the, yeah because of the order right well look the order came the order because came the kenny order well yeah the order came from the they governor came what, they came what 14 hours after the governor yeah, but that was on Friday. The, the governor six, six counties to shut down. But that was on Friday, so they had shows at Walnut Street Theater Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, no problems, right? And then they shut down today. Um, so that so that's what I'm saying. Like, you could run the you could take those risks. You could try and you know hang on a little bit longer, and then all right, now we're going to stop it. But at the same point, yeah. you, you you had you have to understand that there is going to be public pressure, and when the the, the paranoia is out there, and there's no doubt. I mean, look, everybody's on edge, and, and I understand why everybody's on edge. But I also think that some that that we've created that monster as well. Uh, the media and and everybody talking about it, really. I mean, there there's a responsible way of of managing this, and I think that a lot of people are being responsible. And I also think there's an irresponsible way, and I think that we at times in the media were irresponsible with coronavirus. And created panic and created fear, and if we if we would have just done it in a little bit more reasonable fashion, with without scaring the hell out of the entire country, this probably would have been handled a little bit better. And but it wasn't. And it wasn't handled well by by any leaders. It wasn't handled well by the media. It wasn't handled well by you know most of anybody. And and that's why we we are where we are. And that's why we have no sports. That's why we don't. Well, even and have, I think yeah, you know. And I think to, that's a problem. To, to be fair, I think we also could say that if the fear had been um, – how do I put this? If the concern had been demonstrated across the board in an effective way from the start, you wouldn't have had a, an emboldened group of people that felt like this was all a conspiracy. And maybe that would have changed behavior. And I think that if like leaders, just in general, like I think that the governor ended up taking some pretty – legit steps but there were questions initially of like well why aren't you just shutting everything down from the get-go like why are you allowed i think it was at the friday press conference it might have been saturday when they were clarifying things this was like after the school shut down for 14 days 
the question came up of like, well, why are you allowing for businesses to make the choice? Like, why don't you just shut them down? If, if the idea here is people should shut their restaurants down, but there's still the possibility that they stay open and you think it's better for them to shut down, then why not just mandate it? And, right. and yeah, I think that, you're like, right there, about there that. Were so many, there were so many policies that were put into to place where it's like, even Wolf himself had said, you know, we need people to make the right decision. At some point, you have to you have to safeguard against it because for better or worse, you're not just trying to protect the elderly who are the, the most vulnerable. You're not just trying to protect, you know, cancer patients. You're not just trying to protect um, patients that have uh, pulmonary issues or asthma. Um, you're, you're also trying to protect stupid people because intelligent people can look at this and say there is a certain way to go about the way that that you should be engaging uh, in your day-to-day life. There, there, are, there are ways that if you're a somewhat intelligent person that you can sit back and say, all right, I need to safeguard against things, and here's how I do it. The problem is that there are a lot of dumb people, and dumb people just for whatever reason just don't get it. And when I say dumb, I'm saying like the people in Nashville who were at a country concert two days ago where there were thousands of people practically on top of each other. I'm saying when people go out to a club in a major city, knowing that this thing is is in outbreak mode, you're out bumping and grinding with hundreds of other people on a dance floor. That's dumb. You could be an intelligent person and make stupid decisions. And like at some point, for better or worse, whether you want to call it a police state or not, you have to shut things down. You have to protect people from themselves. And I think if they had done it earlier, we wouldn't be in, in quite the mess that we're in right now. And now you see that like days, maybe weeks after things should have been you know, put in place where we probably could have gotten a better job of, of curbing this and nipping it in the bud. Instead of that, we're now at a spot where you kind of have to fight from behind. And like, finally, the medical advances and everything are starting to catch up. And that that seems to be a good sign. And it's all great. But you kind of wonder if somebody had just had the balls to do something a couple weeks ago, and to be a little bit more uh, authoritative in, in what they were putting out and, and the message they were trying to send, Maybe we wouldn't have as big of a mess as we do, but we spent days, weeks listening to people say that this was all a conspiracy, days, weeks listening to people say this is just the common cold, and people with millions of followers saying the same thing. And at some point, you have to look at it and say, no, like this is more severe. The severity of it, you know, it, it varies by the doctor you hear from or the, the professional you hear from, but it's still a thing. And this is an unprecedented time where schools are shut down. And like for anybody who has a parent or who's a parent right now, if you're looking at it and saying, oh, my kids are going to be out of school for the next two weeks, no home slice, your kids are going to be out until probably mid-April at the earliest because any school district has had a spring break planned around Easter. Your kids aren't going back to school until mid-April. And there is a legit possibility that the school year is not going to, to continue. Or if it does, it's going to be online only. And if I, you know... I'm not trying to sound the alarm, but I'm a little bit educated on this. And there is a very high likelihood that you could see schools end up having to go to an online-only format or some districts just saying flat out, you know what, we're going to go with the Governor Wolf mandate where it doesn't matter if we hit the 180 days and our school year is effectively over. Yeah, like, This I, is the I, kind I, of reality I, I, that people have to brace for. And, and it's just we're a little bit late on getting on board, but I'm glad that finally somebody kind of wised up and, and started making the decision for people. And I got a kid graduating high school this year <laughs> who doesn't know if he's going to graduate or not, yeah, which is graduate. crazy. He'll graduate. Well, I, I, who knows? They're, they're not going to – well, they're not going to prevent kids from graduating. We're, I know that we're in an unprecedented time, but they're not going to run them back for a fifth year. 
No, it's not no, going to no, happen. No. Three three grading periods are in the books at practically every school district. You can yeah. roll with that. Yeah. But it's still sad. Like you you think about like all right, so so for your your son, he might not have his prom. Right. If he w- if he was in theater, he's not going to have the, the show was his show was canceled musical. Uh, you're certainly if if you're an athlete, you're probably not going to have your spring season. This extends to college, where like you know March Madness getting canceled had everybody losing their minds because it's like you know all these kids who decided to go back for that extra year because they wanted to get their degree, they're not going to get that opportunity again. They're going to age out. You know these these are all things like oh I even, know I had to go for the I, kid who's I had to go pick up my daughter at University of Delaware. Even for the kid who's who's an under you know an undergraduate who is looking to try to make that leap to the next level, they miss out on that. And I hate to point this out because it doesn't seem like people are, are aware of this, but like it's not just at the high school level or the or the elementary or the middle school level. It's also for colleges as well. There is a large portion of uh, kids who attend a public school or a public institution who are homeless or who are from low socioeconomic standing where their their families are very low income. And for those kids, their only opportunity in a given day to have a meal is breakfast and lunch served at their school or their university. And when you shut everything down, there needs to be contingency plans in place for those kids to be able to still eat. Because some kids will go home after lunch and will not have a meal until the next day. And there are so many people that are unaware of this and are unaware of the fact that their kids are in a class with these kids who are legitimately struggling and so when it's nice to see a blanket ban and a a blanket shutdown of schools you also have to keep in mind that like if you have time and if you have the financial wherewithal to be able to survive something like this to try to get involved in your community and to make sure that like people who are actually in need and are, are in dire straits right now don't don't go hungry i can't stress that enough that's i'm off my soapbox now no, it's good. It's good. Um, and, we, and we probably, you know, talked about coronavirus a little bit longer than, than we probably originally planned. It, but that's okay, man, because, you know, what the thing of it is, is that's all anybody's talking about. You know, so, I mean, you know, we have a forum and, and, you know, we're not trying to be political by any stretch of the imagination. We, we, I think that both you and I did a nice job of, of staying out of the politics of this. Um, and but it, nevertheless, this is what this is it. This is all we're talking about, and this is all anybody's talking about. You know, my I have a full time job that's outside of Crossing Broad and outside of this podcast that has to do with that's as a writer that has nothing to do with sports. And guess what? Everything that I'm writing has now shifted to write to how coronavirus relates to it. This is all anybody wants to talk about, and and that's okay. Um, and, and so so you know, for us to to sit here and and, and break it down and kind of say, look, this is how it's affected us. This is how it's affected our sport. This is how it's affected, you know, our, our community. I think that's a, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. But I also don't want it to, you know, to you know get people down. Because guess what? Hockey's going to come back, Russ. It will. It's going to come back. It can't come back fast enough. Yeah, it's going to come back. And, and, and look, if it, if it turns out, that this drags on longer and longer and longer and you know it doesn't come back till October well that will suck but guess what we've we, as hockey fans we've been through it before we sat through an entire season that disappeared in 0405 we sat through a lockout that took out half of a season in um was that 1213 
I go back to prior to 0405. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the lockout of 94-95. Took out half of a season then. So three times in my life, this is the fourth time in the last 25 years that we are losing hockey games for some reason or another. Um, so this is something that, you know, it will come back and it will thrive and, and teams will, you know, be okay. Our hope, of course is that it does come back at some point here in the spring, maybe in May, maybe in June. And what will it look like? And there's been a lot of there's been a lot of speculation out there. There's been a lot of talk um how they how the NHL will do it, what they will do. And and only very few people really know for sure, you know, Gary Bettman, Bill Daly and the, and the staff at the uh NHL office plus probably the 30 owners uh, or the board of governors of the NHL. Um, so those are the people that know. So the, it leaves the rest of us to kind of speculate or guess or try and put together informed opinions. Mm-hmm. So here's an informed opinion for you. The NHL is going to come back with a playoff only, no regular season games, and they are going to play a 24-team playoff now how that 24 teams will be determined i'm not sure will it be uh 12 in each conference will it be the top 24 in the league i don't i don't know i don't know how that's going to pan out but what they'll do is they'll have like a play-in round okay and that play-in round will be you know um teams nine through 24 We'll play a probably like a best of three is my guess. I again that's a that's speculation there. I don't I've not I don't have exact information on that, but that those teams will play a best of three, and then get to get to get you to your sixteen team playoff that you're used to, and whether it's one verse sixteen or one verse eight in each conference, however they want to split it up. I'm not sure if the NHL is willing to go back to the way it was in the late 70s and early 80s where it was just the entire league and you could end up playing a team in your division in the Stanley Cup final, which would be awesome, um, just for one year uh, to do that. They could. That would be cool. I don't think they will. I think that they'll probably go the conference route. Um, But if you end up with 12 teams in a conference, guess what? The Flyers are going to be uh, number four in the East. Um, and they would be uh, number six overall if they did it the whole thing. Um, and so then you're you're kind of looking at saying, okay, guess what? The Flyers are probably going to play um, the fifth best team in the first round because it'll be five twelve. So if the if the season ended right now and it was five twelve in the Eastern Conference, I believe that would be uh, Pittsburgh, Montreal, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, Pittsburgh, Montreal would be the five twelve matchup. So you're probably looking at the potential for it to be uh, Flyers Penguins. Um, if it went, if they did it by the entire league and the Flyers were the the six seed, then they would um, most likely get. Well, so it depends on how how they would break it down, um, but they would probably most likely end up getting. 
uh, a team like Dallas or Carolina. I don't, I don't know how exactly they would split it up, but one of those teams uh, in in the first round. But anyway, I just think it would be kind of a cool cool thing to kind of do it that way, and really kind of get you know you get more cities involved, more fans involved, more fans excited, and a quick tournament. Man, just bang it out like they do the Olympics, right? You know, and and the uh, and the world uh, the world championships and everything else. Just kind of like let's make this happen. And it'll be a, a sprint, and it will be fun, and I think it'll be great hockey. I think it'll be really cool. When when you brought this up uh, before we started recording, I said this sounds really sp- similar to like what Spencer Dinwiddie from uh, the Brooklyn Nets had proposed for the NBA when they get back. Um, all about the idea of of running a, an in league. Um, I think he he was trying to propose a top thirty. I guess they would like knock out. They do a play in tournament. Uh, for the bottom two teams, but it would be a 30-team tourney or 28 or whatever it was. Um, but the same idea, because the idea had been bantered around about having a, a mid-season tournament or even a, a play-in tournament for the, the bottom two seeds in each of the conferences. But I think it would be really neat. I mean, a, a, it, it's certainly not what uh, fans maybe would have wanted to see based on the way that this team had played. Um, but if if it gets us back to hockey, it's worth it. You know, and, and if that's the only way that they think is a feasible way, then cool. And if it if it just so happens that, you know, say the NBA does like four or five tune up games before their postseason, but the NHL can, you know, steal the spotlight by virtue of, of going to something that's just totally unprecedented, it could be cool. And what's the one thing that people who don't usually pay attention to hockey say? They know how important playoff hockey is. I mean, you can get anybody who who more or less doesn't care about the existence of the sport. And if you if you give them the option to watch it, if it's at a bar, um, people are usually cognizant of when playoff hockey's on. And they'll even you know catch a game or two. And people always talk about the intensity and how it's it's at another level compared to other sports in the postseason. So it, it certainly wouldn't hurt the sport to go with it, um, because if if the alternative is hey we don't think we can actually get this done or we're gonna have to go to like best of three series or best of five series, I think most people would probably get on board with the tournament be cool yeah it'd be fun it'd be fun it it would take me back to my youth man because that's what it was they had something back then it was called the preliminary round the preliminary round was a best of three uh and then you went into the next round was a best of five and you didn't get to best of seven until the uh, semifinal round um so it's kind of neat how it used to work out like that back then um but uh so kind of that'll kind of take me back uh, a little bit but um, I think it would be exciting. I think it would be fun. It would get it would garner interest right off the bat, especially if it came back first. If the if somehow the the NHL could get back before the NBA and and really before opening day in baseball and really put make a nice push to be hey sports is back after we go two months without it, everybody would be in. Everybody would be in. Everybody would want to watch, and you're gonna get the you're gonna get the sport at its very best because it's the playoffs. And I think it would be really cool and it would be great for the NHL. I agree. I think it'd be really cool. I know that there was a thing that you and I were planning on doing in this episode, but I think based on the length of time that we've gone, we might want to push that back a week. Which is what about it? The interview. Oh no, you got to play it. We can push it back a week. No, because it's you don't know you don't know what content's gonna look like in a week. You want to go to it? You want to throw to it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, fine. So we'll be back on the other side of this interview. Uh, Anthony sat down with Flyers forward Derek Grant. Of course, this is before 
uh, the world went to hell. Um, and, and it was also we'll before the winning streak ended. <laughs> yeah. So that's because you talk about the nine game win streak. about the nine game win streak. Yeah. By the way, uh, when people listen to this, they're they're obviously going to remember that you had Scott Lawton on, who went out and uh, had arguably one of his worst games of the season. Uh, and and in both interviews, you uh, probably jinxed the win streak. So yeah, pretty much everything that bad that's happened uh, in hockey and with the Flyers is probably Anthony Sanfilippo's fault. Listen, on the other side of this interview with Derek Grant, uh, we will have more stuff to talk about and what the next few weeks on the show are going to look like. And I think we had a couple of questions. And plus, we have the uh, the winner of the Joel Farabee autographed puck giveaway. So you want to make sure that you stick around for that. Um, something else you want to stick around for is uh, Odd Logic Brewing Company at 500 Bristol Pike in Bristol, PA. I know that the governor has shut down all businesses, uh, all restaurants and bars from dying in. Odd Logic Brewing Company currently in the midst of trying to figure out the best way to serve the Bucks County area uh, with a potential drive up and take away service uh, for their their beer. And of course, uh, Anthony and I are big fans of Odd Logic Brewing Company. So is Kevin Kincaid, our resident, um, not beer snob, but our resident uh, craft brewery aficionado. Big fan of the beers at Odd Logic Brewing Company. To our knowledge, they are in the the process of figuring out how to uh, do some kind of, uh, you know, drive up, get your beer, drive away. Uh, We'll have information on that on social media this week as they make a few decisions, but I want to Give a shout out to our friends over there at Odd Logic Brewing Company, 500 Bristol Pike and Bristol, PA. They actually do online uh, sell some of their merch. So if you want to pick up a shirt, a, uh, a pint glass to uh, to down your sorrows in the next uh, few weeks, by all means, head over to their website at oddlogicbrewingcompany.com and uh, check them out there. Now to our interview with Flyers forward, Derek Grant. Hi, it's Derek Grant with the Philadelphia Flyers, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. Welcome into Snow the Goalie. And uh, we're lucky today to be joined by uh, Flyers center, or forward, I should say, since you can play any position, Derek Grant. Derek, thanks for joining us here on the program today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, teams won nine games in a row. And just to talk about how long that is, that's before you even got here it started, right? Ever since you've got here, the the team just is flawless. I mean, maybe it's you and Nate getting here, and that's the reason why you guys are playing so well. But can you talk about what it's like to just jump into a team that has got that mojo going and really be, you know, be a part of it. And I mean, you've got five points in the six games you played with the team just to be part of it right away. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. I think anytime you join a new team and, and you're winning, it uh, makes it a lot easier. And, uh, you know, it's the fun time of year when, uh, you know, things are ramping up towards playoffs and it's uh, it's fun to be jumping in and, and uh, contributing and, and winning games. Is, is it tough to really, you know, you, you see the thing, the team's going well and you're the new guy. And you're just immediately asked to do something a certain way. It's just almost like I just got to do it that way, and that's it. No, you know, don't even question anything because it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I think uh, there's a good thing going here right now, and uh, obviously, when you come in and a team's winning, you don't want to be the the reason they start losing. So <laughs> it's uh, it's great for me and Nate to come in and and uh, you know keep this thing going. You, you know, in your career, you've been a guy who's bounced around, right? fair to say. Right? I mean, yeah. we, I remember doing an interview. Did you, you ever meet Mike McKenna, the goalie? Yeah, yeah I played with him. Yeah. yeah, okay, you played with McKenna. Yeah. So, like, he came on the show last year, and he said uh, he called himself the biggest suitcase the NHL has ever seen. <laughs> uh, you're not quite up to his level, but, I mean, this is seven teams in seven years. But does it mean a little bit something more now? This was the first time you were traded that, you know, hey, a team really wants me. Like, that I'm doing something right in this league, and, and a team wants me. Does that make you have a different mentality a little bit? 
Yeah, I think it's it's a little different uh, this time around. I think you know other times when you're just signing as a free agent and and one and done or whatever, it's uh, it's a little uh, disheartening, I guess. But uh, this time, you know, you're on a team that's struggling, and uh, obviously, teams making playoff pushes are, are adding pieces uh, late in the year. And and uh, if you're if you're one of those pieces that's uh, you know valued by somebody, that you can come in and and help make a difference down the stretch and and um, you know shore up some depth. It's uh, you know, it's a good feeling. What changed for you this year? I mean, starting back in Anaheim, was it just opportunity? Um, or you know, because all of a sudden you're setting career bests and goals and points. And was it just an opportunity to play that you finally had that like full season chance to do it? Yeah, I think, you know, it probably started a couple of years ago for me. We had, um, it was back in Anaheim. We had a couple injuries to, to Getzlaff and Kessler. And, um, you know, I was, uh, put in a position where I had to play 20 minutes a night and, and it was kind of the first time I've had that opportunity in the NHL and, and be surrounded by uh, you know highly talented players and and you know I just tried to make the most of it and, and have fun with it and and then last year you know I was on a deep Pittsburgh team to start the year and, and then went back to Anaheim and um, you know I think since I went back there I I uh, played pretty much every game with Carter Rowney and you you develop chemistry with a certain guy and and it was the same this year you know I think we had uh, developed that, and, and uh, you know we had a good, good group of guys there, and, and uh, you know a good support cast, and we had a good PK and stuff. And I think when you have that confidence, and the coach gives you that confidence, um, you know you just you you can build off that. And, and um, you know I, I've been a scorer at, at other levels, and, and it was something that I I knew I could do, and I knew I had somewhere, but uh, you know it's something that didn't translate right away for me at this level, and. Um, you know, something I worked at, uh, you know, over the past seven, eight years, and, and, you know, finally it's coming together a little bit. You, you talk about playing with the same guy and getting and getting comfortable playing with him. One of the things here, I mean, barring an injury like with JVR, um, is, is AV is really locked in. Here are our lines. Here are our defensive pairs. You guys are going to go out. You're going to roll those four lines, roll those three pairs, and this is what we're going to go with. Does that, when you're a player and you come into a situation, whether it's you've been here forever or you're, you're new to the situation, does that almost make you feel better about it to say, you know what, I know who I'm going to be out there with every time I'm on the ice, as opposed to teams that are constantly shuffling guys around? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, that's just a familiarity thing. And, um, you know, you can learn pretty quickly playing with guys. You know, their tendencies are... Um, whether you're talking on the bench or between periods or whatever, it's uh, you know the communication early on is, is huge. But I think just getting reps in um, practice games, it's um, you know you become used to their tendencies and, and uh, you know you can build off every game and, and whether you change things here and there or, or not, it's uh, you know it's something you you work on as a unit and uh, you know you become familiar with guys and, and uh, you know there's a comfort level in that for sure. Having the success that you're having this year. Does it make you appreciate all that you had to go through to get to this year? I mean, to bouncing from team to team and, you know, whether it's waivers or just signing as a free agent or whatever the case might be, does it almost make you appreciate it that much more that now that you got the success that, it, man, it was worth all that time, all that effort? Yeah, I think, I think you know, everyone has a different path and a different road to get to where they get to. And, um, you know, for me, I wouldn't change anything. It's it's uh, It's been a fun journey for me. It's... Um, you know, obviously, it's it's nice to to have stability, and guys that have that are are definitely fortunate. But uh, you know, for me, it's it's been a lot of fun, and you know, I've taken um, you know I haven't taken a day for granted, and you know, I try to um, you know enjoy every day, and and you know whether it's here somewhere else or wherever I am, it's 
um, you know, you have a job and, and that's got to be your focus. And, and, you know, I've, I've had the chance to play with a lot of great players and, and learn from a lot of guys and, um, you know, pick up things from, from multiple guys and multiple teams. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, benefited me in the long run. I heard you did a uh, radio interview uh, with friends of ours over at uh, 93.3 WMMR, Preston and Steve show. And they asked you about uh, losing your teeth, right? Can, you, can yeah. you tell one of those stories? Like, I, I, I want to just let our listeners listen to it as well. Can you talk about like the, the one that really sticks out to you most? Yeah, I think there's a couple instances, but the, the main <laughs> one was, uh, I think we were on a power play. It was five or six years ago. And uh, the shot had gone wide, and I had been knocked down in front and lost my gloves. So it was in a, a tough spot to get up with skates everywhere. So, um, you know, I kind of got stuck on the ice, and the goalie had spun and, and decided to get up heel first or, or oh. for some reason. And I just saw the, the skate coming straight at my face. So um, lucky enough, it, it didn't cut me or anything. It just knocked out a couple of teeth. So, um, you know, it was a long process to get uh, lots of needles to get those out. But... Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that that happens to to pretty much everyone that plays. <laughs> um, take me back to uh, you know growing up where you were from out in BC. You know, I like to ask guys what their towns like, especially Canadian you got Canadian guys, because we here in Philadelphia we have no idea. We're a big city, right? Yeah. We have no idea what it's like out there. And when I, I when I was traveling and going out to these uh, to these different cities, I was like, this is a whole different world around here. So can, can you tell me a little bit about where you're from in BC? Yeah, I grew up in Abbotsford, um, you know, a smaller town, about an hour out of, outside of Vancouver. And, um, you know, it was great. It was, uh, it was a town that wasn't small enough to know everybody, but, uh, you know, you had a lot of friends through hockey and stuff that would be at different schools. So you, you network pretty quick and, um, you know, it was a big farming town. Uh, the, the outskirts of the town were, were pretty much all farms and, and so a lot of my friends, uh, we didn't have a farm but a lot of my friends were farmers so spent a lot of time at the farms whether it was you know chickens, cows, pigs and and uh, you know it was a lot of fun you got to you know ride dirt bikes and, and do stuff outside that you, you probably can't do in the city and um, you know we had a we had a great group of friends uh, that, I, that I met mostly through hockey and uh, you know we had quite a few at, at school as well so um, you know, it was busy, and both my sisters played hockey, so my parents were, were really busy. We were at the <laughs> rink a lot, um, you know, whether watching my sisters or, or watching, you know, friends, uh, brothers and sisters. It was, uh, it was a busy time, but, but I loved, uh, you know, every second I got to spend at the rink. Yeah. Did you grow up, any of those guys that you grew up with, did they ever, did they make it to the league as well? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a few guys around. Um, probably none of the guys that I grew up playing with. Um, that are playing here, but um, definitely guys I played spring hockey with. You know, you mix in different cities, uh, kind of Vancouver-based teams, and and you know I played against guys like Mark Martin Jones my whole life, and um, you know Tyler Johnson and those guys. They were kind of on our rival team um, growing up, and and so it was a lot of fun to play against. Uh, there's probably two um, solid spring teams, uh -huh. and then in the winter hockey we would uh, we'd basically face the same team. Um, they had a club team that they played with, and, and so it was a good rivalry growing up playing against those guys, and it's, it's nice to you know, still see those guys playing and, and still have a bit of a rivalry there. You ended up going to Michigan State, um, but you did try junior hockey for a year before that, right? I played junior A. Junior yeah. A, okay, yeah. okay. Um, talk about what it was you know, making that decision to finally decide, you know what, let's try the NCAA route because more and more guys are making it to the league now from the NCAA than ever before. And did, did you realize that at that age it was like, you know what, that's probably my best path to get there? 
Yeah, I think, you know, it was, it was weird for me. I was, um, I was always a fan of college hockey, which was, uh, you know, not the norm uh, in Canada. You know, yeah. everyone's major junior. And I, was, I always liked it. Um, but obviously there was pressures to go the other way. And I think when I was 15 and they had the WHL Bantam draft, uh, I think I was all about five foot two. So <laughs> I, I didn't get drafted in that. And I was a small guy growing up, uh-huh. um, which I think benefited me. I learned to play small. And then when I finally grew at 16 or whatever, I, um, you know, I, I still wanted to go college. And, and I think that was kind of the time when more kids from Canada started to go to U.S. college. And the BCHL um, was such a good filter league to the NCAA. And, and we had a pretty good team. And, and we had a player, um, Taylor Stepshin, who was, who was an unbelievable player. And so he had a lot of guys coming to watch him. And I was kind of a late developer, and, and I think um, having a guy like that that a lot of teams were coming to scout, um, you know, it benefited me um, when I finally started to turn it on and, and uh, you know, develop into, into a better player. And, um, yeah, I, was, I went on a visit to a few schools, but Michigan State, as soon as I went there, you know, it's, it felt like the right place for me and, you know, the big, big college atmosphere and stuff from, from a Canadian um, we don't have that, right. and so when I went there and saw the, you know, the football stadium and the fans and the basketball team, and um, they had just just won a national championship in 2007, the hockey team. So, um, you know, I just thought it was it was a great fit for me. Now, did that? I mean, I, you know, obviously, you, you guys aren't just hockey guys. I mean, you guys are sports fans in general. So, going to a school like that, I mean, with Michigan State being as good as they are, especially NCAA basketball, and you know, they were really comp- not this year, but they've been competitive in football as well. Um, was that kind of a really cool experience as well? Yeah, yeah, I think, like I said, it's it's not something we have a lot of in yeah. Canada. You know, I think um, our football team at my high school, you know, maybe one or two guys ever went to play college um, in the States. And uh-huh. and so it wasn't, it wasn't like it is in the States where you have the Friday night football and everyone in the whole school goes. It wasn't like that at all. So for me to go there and, um, you know, we had a student athlete center there. So you get to know a lot of the guys and, and take some classes with them. And um, our basketball team was really good when I was there and our, so was our football team. So that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think my first first like real memory from there was we had a, our first official practice at 6 a.m. I think because um, of all the NCAA rules and, and Michigan was playing Michigan State at home um, football at noon. So it was about 530 in the morning, pouring rain, dark out. And I was walking over to the rink for practice, and there was already people outside tailgating, and I, <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. You know, it's it's not something we have here, and, right. and I think that was, um, you know, when you realize how big that college football is, and, and how important it is to people, and um, it was just a lot of fun to be around in sport. That's awesome. Um, outside of uh, hockey, what what are some of your hobbies? Like, what do you like to do? Yeah, well, I mean, in BC, there's lots of stuff to do outside. Um, I used to, well, I have a, you know, four-wheel ATV and, and a buddy of mine, um, you know, we'd always go up in the mountains and, and ride the logging trails and stuff and, um, you know, try to find cool viewpoints and stuff up in the mountains and yeah. um, that and then, like, fishing or anything outside I love to do. Um, you fish for sturgeon, right? Yeah, sturgeon's a big, big thing out there. And a buddy of mine, he actually went to Michigan State before me. He has a a big uh, charter company there so we like to get out there and then um usually once a summer andrew lad will have his uh charity fishing tournament uh-huh. and that's a lot of fun because you get a bunch of guys out and it's a couple days of just out on the boat with the guys and and uh you know some people that uh you know pay pay good money to come and, and fish with us so it's it's always a lot of fun and 
Um, it's for a great cause, and, and, and I don't think people it. realize how big sturgeon are. Yeah, yeah, they're like they're like they're like the dinosaurs of, yeah, of fish, they're, right? They're big. I mean, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you can get them like small if, if you're trying. Um, they'll do tagging programs, so it's uh, you'll, they'll catch some little guys, but for the most part, when we're out there, we're trying to get the, the big ones. And um, you know, I think my biggest is probably about nine and a half feet long. So, wow. Yeah, you take them to the shore, and they're so tired by the time um, you get them there that they'll pose usually. Uh, they'll pose uh, pretty pretty well for pictures, and and then they take off and they're on their way. Yeah, so. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Are you a um, like a, like a streamer? Like you stream movies or shows or stuff like you know? And if so, what do you watch? It. Yeah, I, you know, I'm on the Netflix and the Hulu, but yeah. uh, I I bounce around. You know, I think if I'm just at home during the day, I'll throw something light on like Friends. Uh-huh. Um, that's <laughs> that's a good background show for me. <laughs> Uh, I got into Game of Thrones, which yeah. is a little um, different for for what I normally watch, but you know I I loved it. It was such a good show. That's probably the big one that that I was into. Um, other than that, you know we watch like Shit's Creek, which is a Canadian show. It's, yeah. it's a good one. And my girlfriend got me into that, so that's uh, kind of what we've been watching. Final right now. season was this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been we've been trucking through that uh, right now. It's been it's a, it's a good show. Now I usually have a partner who unfortunately couldn't be here today, and we fight all the time about if you were stuck on an island and you can only have one hockey movie to have with you for the rest of your life to watch on repeat, which would it be? Well, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I think i got to go with the original Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks? Yeah. That's the first time someone's given yeah. us that. But that's it's, a good one, though. That's, that's good. I usually say Slapshot. Yeah, Slapshot's a good one. Miracle, obviously, is, right. is tremendous. He always said, guess what he says? Goon. <laughs> That's a classic too. <laughs> but no, the, the the Mighty Ducks one, I think, just childhood memories that come with it. Sure. And, and uh, you know, it's just such a funny movie, uh, especially now watching it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, last year we actually got to meet a lot of the staff um, oh. and the actors that were a part of that. Oh, that's and cool. So they're all grown up now, and, and some of them are still the exact same, like Averman. So it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool because we were excited to meet them. They were excited to meet us, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool to uh, to look back and, and all the memories I think you have from that. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Derek, I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, well, I do have one last question. Since you're out here in Philly, have you had a chance to try any of the famous things in Philly, like soft pretzels or or cheesesteaks or anything like that? <laughs> you know, we've been uh, we've been looking up cheesesteaks and we've heard multiple different places. So I think we're trying to figure out which one to try first. I've had them here on the road before, uh-huh. um, but I've I've yet to go this time around for one, um, but uh, it's definitely on the it's bucket list. It's on the list. we got to get it done. you got to get it done. Thanks again for joining us here on, on Snow the Goalie. All the best to you, and we'll see you down the road. Thank you. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, a Flyers forward, a man who's excited to be in town, and, uh, you know, we don't know when we'll see him again. <laughs> number 38 in your program, number one in, in Anthony Sanfilippo's heart, Derek Grant. Uh, well, number one in my heart because he wants to – although you should be number one in your heart, Russ. He should be number one in your heart. Why? What did he say? He said, Goon's a good movie. It is. He didn't pick it. Of course he didn't. Nobody he, will. He picked Mighty Ducks. Also, I respect also, the fact – Also listen, a first-time pick there. I, I respect anybody picking one of the Mighty Ducks movies. I don't care which one. Well, not D3. D3 wasn't that good. But D2, right. the original, I, I'll take either. But he picked, but he said Goon was a good movie. Because it is. That's the first guy to say that. Somebody, no. Uh, hold on. There was somebody recently that, that said it's it's a pretty, no, Konechny said that it's, he, it, now, it's Konechny an okay went, movie. Yeah, yeah. But, but Konechny also picked the, the movie about the chimpanzee. 
I don't think he had a, a better answer prepared. If you if you missed the interview that we did with Travis Konechnia over a month ago, it's, uh, of course, available in the archive on wherever you're listening to this podcast and also on uh, YouTube.com slash Crossing Broad. You can watch the whole interview. Um, but yeah, uh, and I actually, I think the Derek Grant and the Scott Lawton interviews are now also available on YouTube on uh, the Crossing Broad page yep. as well. Yeah. No, he's so good. And he's getting it, got a good story about how uh, how he lost one of his teeth, one of the chiclets. With the uh, sk- guy. the skate and the ma- holy cow, that's crazy, right? Uh, poor guy, d- dude. And how about catching the sturgeon? You ever seen a sturgeon? They're huge. I they're massive. They're, huge mungus. They're like I. That's the biggest fish I've ever seen. Like a, a, a fish, fish. Obviously, you see sharks and whatever. They're bigger. <laughs> but it's the biggest fish, fish I've ever seen. It's unbelie- unbelievable. Unbelievable. But yeah, really good dude. I really enjoyed uh, talking to Derek. Uh, hopefully he sticks around. I, I, I think that there's a chance that he's a guy that the Flyers will look to sign in the offseason because he's so inexpensive. I mean, he's only you know a $700,000 cap hit this year. Obviously, you're probably looking for a raise coming off of a 15-goal season in, in a you know an incomplete season. Um, but maybe uh, maybe the Flyers can get him for about a million a year for a couple years, and, uh, and then he's a nice depth forward and uh, really, really good dude, and maybe we can have him back on the show again. I agree. Seems like a good dude. Yes. That's what we're all about. That's what we're all about here. <laughs> we just want to find players on this team that are good dudes, sit down with them, talk to them about their lives, and about how Goon is a good movie. You know? We're simple. We're simple people. Simple. I. Yeah. I, I, One of but, us is more simple than the other, but still. Speak for yourself. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, you talk about our interviews, and I think, Russ, if I'm not mistaken, that one of our five-star reviews this week... Segway. Talks about, <laughs> talks about our interviews with the players. All right, I guess it's time. I didn't know we were going to jump up to the five-star reviews already, but here we are. This is the life we lead. All right, so we've got uh, two new ones, which we greatly appreciate. I I told people before, Anthony's a miserable SOB, but one of the things that makes him smile, one of the only things that makes him smile, aside from a a corned beef special from a Jewish deli near the uh, 610 studio that will remain nameless until they decide to sponsor the show, um, is a five-star review. Uh, you know, five star review over on Apple Podcasts. So uh, let me see which one is the one that you're referring to. to, to the, there the, more, the more recent. Just one. so uh, uh, that came on Wednesday. So Justin Park sixty seven says a must for Flyers fans. Five stars. Great, well rounded Flyers podcast covering everything related to the team. Their interviews with the players are fantastic. Anthony and Russ get more than the cookie cutter responses. See that? Thanks, Justin. That's, That's good stuff, and it's the truth. We get more than cookie cutter. It's, that's that's our goal, and it's like what you were just I do saying. Like cookies, though. Yeah, love cookies. Big fan. <laughs> but that's what we that's what we shoot for with these interviews is we shoot to get a little bit more than just the the pad answer that you'll get in a locker room. Wait, so, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony. All right, favorite cookie on three. One, two, three. Chocolate Pit cells. Ah, okay, okay. See, I don't view those as a cookie. I know they are. I view those as a special. They're like a special, a special, uh, special occasion. event cookie. Okay, so if I had yeah. to go separate than special than the special yeah. cookie, it's probably an Oreo. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. As a matter of fact, um, how about favorite one to like a favorite homemade cookie? Uh, biscotti. Uh, 
Gotta remember, I come from an Italian family. No, Ross. I know. I, I like biscotti too, but I don't think of them as cookies either. I think of those as like a, a lovely compliment to a <laughs> to a nice cup of coffee. <laughs> okay. Stella Dor breakfast treats. <laughs> Do they count? I, I like them too. At the, listen, at this point, I think you're a you're a lost cause. <laughs> Continue. What were you saying? No, I was just. <laughs> I'm just saying that you know, I was just talking about the interviews. That's all. Anyway, move on. Okay. Get, get, get to our next five-star review. Oh, we're going to go to the other one now. Okay. I was going to flank it with uh, with something else. I was going to you know, go to an ad read for uh, for DraftKings Sportsbook, who we love and we're grateful uh, sponsor our show. But DraftKings Sportsbook, um, right now, all of the, the copy that they had sent over for us to read uh, is kind of null and void at the moment. But you know what you can talk uh, about for them? You know what you can talk about for them? They're... Um, they did the Super Tuesday yeah. free to play pool, yeah, which was uh, free of charge. Where it, uh, or sorry, it wasn't the su- uh, what is it? It's a Super Tuesday. It's not though. It was the, it was uh, the Sunday second, debate. The Sunday yeah, debate the, one. That's right. The Sunday debate Tuesday. between uh, Bernie and Biden, and I don't have them pulled up right now of, of what the different things were. But it was like, will Bernie say millionaire or billionaire first? Like it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a free to play uh, thing going. Uh, I will tell you that if you want some uh, Turkish Super League picks. Uh, I might be able to hit you up with some of those on uh, on Twitter at Joy on Broad. Um, I can tell you that this weekend's game between Besiktas and Galatasaray was the first time that those teams played to a nil nil draw, and I believe eight seasons, which I did not see coming, and it blew up a parlay that I had between Turkish and Mexican league soccer, Liga MX. So, wait, wait uh, a second. Wait, 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 wait. What's wait, that? Wait. This is how much of a degenerate you are. No, not that, a degenerate. That, that I wanted to find something that to be there able to is tell no the sports. There's no sports around, and you decide to parlay games from the mm-hmm. Turkish and Mexican soccer leagues. Mm-hmm. That's that's it, no no. You need help. Wait, hold on. No, this is why I was going to tell people. So the beauty of DraftKings Sportsbook is sometimes they throw a free bet your way. So I had a ten dollar free bet, and I thought, you know what? Ah, I'm feeling feeling fine, feeling a little fresh. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to – I like to put it together a parlay. If you give me a free bet, I'll put a parlay together and see if, if it hits big. Uh, it didn't work out, and that's okay. But I can tell you that DraftKings Sportsbook, as of right now, as of us recording Monday night, um, they have uh, a ton of game. Oh, no, there's one game on tap for tomorrow in the Turkish League. It's uh, Gutsepa AS versus Tsaikur Risipur, I think. I don't know. I don't speak Turkish. <laughs> Um, I do know that the word for boy is menino and for girl is menina, if I remember correctly, from my Rosetta Stone very briefly. When I studied in Germany, you have to kind of know a little bit of Turkish every once in a while because they have the dinner stands. They're like the, the best food. If you've had a long night at the club, you go and you pick up a dinner and they're run by the Turks. So sometimes it's good to know just a little bit of Turkish. Anyway, they have odds going right now on Turkish soccer and um, yeah. Hey Russ, did you know Istanbul was Constantinople? Yes. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Can you name the Can you name the band? Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Can you name the band? What? Can you name the band? Can I name the band that did the song Istanbul, not Constantinople? You mean they might be giants? Get out of my face! Get out of my face! And do you know what I, else? Do you know what they do now? Who? They might be giants. Am I supposed to know what else they do? They write. Don't tell me. Wait, don't tell me. But like, 
am I supposed to know this? Like, is well, this I would a, think you would. You might. Yeah, that'd is be, this a well known. Well, I would. I would. Thing? I would think that of of all the people crossing broad, that you would know this more than anyone else. I give you credit that like that you would be the one if if I had to ask like Kyle wouldn't know and and Kevin Kincaid is music as musically gifted as he is he wouldn't know and Bob certainly wouldn't know uh, nor would Phil or or any well, of those you guys really just, you really just crapped all over your uh, yeah colleague yeah now uh, yeah no, it's so out of Bob's league um, but no you you I think that you of anybody would know this uh, can I have a hint maybe I'm I'm passively knowledgeable about what they're doing now no there i'll just tell you the end there's no hint they write the theme songs for cartoons uh i think the most famous one they did was uh phineas and ferb really yes how about that yes they might be giants do cartoon theme songs well i gotta look for this now i want to <laughs> see what other ones they might have done yeah hmm. you're gonna look this up while we're talking yeah in the middle this of an ad read. Now. Well, listen, the ad read's I'll, over. I'll finish the ad read. Uh, if, if, make sure if that when sports go... when sports comes back, uh, make sure you go place your bets at DraftKings Sportsbook.com, uh, the best uh, sportsbook app available here in the United States of America. Um, and if you do, oh, I can you, also tell people if you live in New Jersey, I believe DraftKings Sportsbook has uh, a casino. It does yes, portion it does. of their app. So, uh, you know, if you're looking to, you know, wager on something, uh, you can use that. If you're in PA, you're out of luck. If you're in New York, you're currently out of luck on that end. I've been researching uh, New York casinos for uh, an evergreen page I have to write for Crossing Blood. There you go. So, anyway, uh, I think there's some kind of disclaimer that you're supposed to read. I don't know. Must be be 21 21 to play. Uh, Hold on. Only in PA in New Jersey. We're really gonna flub this, aren't we? <laughs> no. Listen, we're you're we're gonna say it. Off. I'm kind of Listen, I'm kind of remembering it off the top friend, of my head. My friend, we are currently in off season mode. Download the dra- the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Crossing Broad when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign up bonus of up to one thousand dollars. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign up bonus of up to one thousand dollars. Don't forget, enter code Crossing Broad and get your sign up bonus. Of up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25-time playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There you go. I just re- I just unlocked that from my uh, photographic memory. Yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, I'm sure. things that uh, are almost five-star quality like that... Uh, that read how about a five-star review oh that's right th musky 69 says the best flyers pod in the biz five stars isn't enough for this review after doing a binge fest of many episodes this flyers podcast is more informative and doesn't give you any sugar-coated answer keep up the good work russ and anthony well thanks th musky appreciate you know that. what th musky you get a bonus point for leading with the better more dynamic of the two names. Ta-da! See, but I agree that it sounds better as even though I'm the alpha male in the room, it sounds better when you talk about the two of us to say Russ and Anthony, just because your name is shorter than mine and the shorter name should go first. Huh, I do agree point. with that. Should I change that in all of the descriptions going forward? Russ and Anthony discuss. Well, now, now you're trying to be a poet, right? That sounds good. That sounds good. Russ and discuss. Is I that like what you're it. going for? 
So I'm looking to see what uh what theme song they might be giants have written. I just got off track. Oh wait, did they do Malcolm in the Middle? Wait a second. There you Hold go. on. Here we go. Here are all the uh the songs that uh they might be giants have written for. Am I awake? Uh from the Learning Channel's Resident Life. Don't know it. America's most wanted theme. Really? Uh that yeah. surprises me. That's kind of wait, hold that's on kind a of dark oh, wait. for them. Hold on a second. Maybe not. Hold on. What page am I on? <laughs> no, never mind. Hold on. This isn't it. Hold on. Sorry. They might Oh man. Google betrayed me. Hold on. They might be giants. Here we go. There we go. Uh Gigantor intro. Not by them, but they use it as an intro to their shows. And that's it. Seriously? You're telling me that they write kids kids theme songs are you sure yeah here we go boss of me for malcolm in the middle there we go i found it song facts uh yeah uh let me see was there another one incidental music for the daily show with john stewart the song dr evil that opens and closes austin powers uh the spy who shagged me they've also written and performed theme songs for the oblongs Higley, Higley Town Heroes, Resident Higley Life. Higley Town Heroes. Do you remember that one? No, I have no idea what that is. And that ABC's a, Night, a... Nightline Primetime, as well as songs for That's The Simpsons, Home Movies, Dexter's Laboratory, Disney's Mickey Dexter. Mouse Clubhouse, and Courage the Cowardly Dog. Well, I know Courage. I know Dexter's Lab. They really did Dexter's Lab. In yeah. Dexter's Laboratory. There you go. Lives the smartest boy you would have seen. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Anyway. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I told you they've done a lot like that. Oh, that's cool. So, anyway, no, well, our show slightly off the rails. It's good. It's good, but we do need to pick the winner of the Joel Farabee puck. We do. Do you have this? We do. Well, so I've been in the process of trying to, and I wanted to let this go as late as we could, as long as we could, before picking a winner, um, to give people the ultimate chance. So I randomized. Uh, the people who shared and liked the Facebook page, and I cross uh, cross swapped that, cross contaminated it, crossed something it uh, with all of the people who retweeted uh, and liked the show over on Twitter at Snow the Goalie um, from the Snow the Goalie tweet, uh, from one of the ones that I put out, and from the ones that you put out as well. So that was a lot. There were a lot. There were a lot. A lot. Are you ready? My friend. I'm ready. Drum roll. Now, oddly enough, you ready for this? Because here's how crazy this got. One of the last people to retweet this thing ended up winning. How about that? Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this person's name. Type it into the thing. I'll say it. Hold on. I'm in the process. Give me a second. (laughs) Type it in. I'll type it into cast, and I will... uh... I will say the, the person's name. Hold on, that just closed out. My tab just closed out. Can oh, you are the worst. I'm sorry. Look, it's not my fault. All right, it is my fault. Yes, it is completely, 100% your fault. So, um, it's funny. I, I, while I'll, here, I'll uh, I'll vamp for a minute. Um, so, a guy who used to be a producer when I did a I used to do a show with Rob Motti, um, and we had a kid on that show who was a producer. Uh, was a uh, broadcasting major out at Widener, um, 
and uh, so he, he now has his own podcast, sports-related podcast. Does a lot of hockey on it, but it's not hockey-specific. But he has my son come on, <laughs> my older son, Anthony Jr., uh, to kind of offer up his, uh, his takes. And Anthony texted me tonight as we're in the middle of this recording this, and he sent me this list. He said, going on Nick's show – and um, he, uh, he wants me, wanted me to put together the top 10 list of biggest first-round busts in NHL history. And in the process, I'm sitting here looking at it and reading it, and I'm like, you know what? I, I can't agree with this list. I think my son is, wow. is misguided, and I'm going, wow. to have to, I'm going to have to tell him. So he has Mike Rupp as the most – uh, as the worst top ten pick, he was number nine overall. Um, uh, what year was that? I guess uh, two thousand for the Islanders. Um, Rupp was not a great player, but at least he I mean, he lasted in the league for a little while. I mean, I, I look at guys like uh, you know, you know, he has Patrick Stefan number three, nineteen ninety nine, number one overall to Atlanta. Um, Alexander Daig, he has at number five, number one overall to to Ottawa. I mean, I look at th- those guys and say, oh yeah, those guys were uh, those guys were busts. Um, you can't go with the guy who picked ninth and say he was a, the biggest bust of all time. Um, and he's missing some names too, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to you know learn the kid. I'm gonna have to teach him up teach him up a little bit about hockey. So, well, did you come up with one? Did I come up with the the worst p- yeah. p- top ten pick of all time? Yeah. Uh, there's so many. Um, geez. <sighs> um, I, I'm I mean I'm just trying to think of recent years. Um, wow. Uh, I would have to say, you know, maybe. Maybe Brian Lawton, uh, Minnesota North Stars. Um, I forget what year that was. I, he was he was pretty bad. Um, wow. Uh, Were there any like recent Flyers ones that you're like, huh? This no, this, the, this the, could very the, well. The Flyers usually do pretty well in the draft. I mean, it, it, at least with their first round picks. I have a hard time going back and saying, oh, that that was. You're a not bad thinking of anybody pick. who might have been like a top. X number pick who may end up being a bust at some point. Well, you're talking about Nolan Patrick. Dennis bust. Yeah, but he's not there yet. Um, well, how about how about how about uh, Pat Falloon, who was the number two pick behind Lindros uh, by the San Jose Sharks, ended up coming to the Flyers eventually. Um, got the nickname Fat Balloon because he was because <laughs> he was always out of shape. Uh, he was a pretty ba- he was a pretty bad top ten pick. Um, Pavel Brendel, he ended up on the Flyers. Uh, he went fourth overall to ni- in 99 to the Rangers and was part of the uh, package that came to the Flyers in the trade for Lindros. Um, he stunk, too. <laughs> he was he was terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember who else. I'm having a hard time coming up with... with all, um. Oh, uh, uh, Hugh Jessamine, 
Uh, they, he was part of that 2003 draft class that everybody was all the great players, the Richards and Carter draft, like that great draft class. He was, mm-hmm. I, I believe, the only first-round player who didn't play more than one season in the NHL. Um, he, he, I think he was, like, uh, I want to say 12th overall to the Rangers. Um, yeah, he was, uh, he was a bust. So, uh, also not on my son's list. So yeah, I'm going to have to talk to the kid kind of, you know, really go through with him and say, Hey pal, you know, before you go on somebody's podcast, you might want to check with dad on this and you're going to talk about hockey. So, wow. by the way, you still haven't typed the name in. Well, there was a reason for it. You ready for this? I vamped all that time and you didn't type the name in. No, no, I, there, there's a reason. So when I randomized it, I got a name. So I, I pulled it up on Facebook and it happened to be somebody who liked and shared the post but did not like the Facebook page. Oh, you're which was one of the criteria. Oh, okay. It was one of the criteria. You have to like the page. Fair enough. And that was the hard to pronounce name. So then that took me to our second name on the list, and our second name was from over on Twitter. I'm just trying to make sure that this person follows me, you, and the show because that was the other criteria. I didn't expect this to go sideways like it did. Give me a second. (laughs) This is what you get. So let's be honest. Let's be honest with the listeners, okay? I'm just going to be honest with the listeners. Because this is, we're transparent. We don't, we pull no punches. We go, you know, we don't, this is why we don't get the cookie cutter responses. You know, we're, we are honest about everything. So let's be honest. What? You, and this was your, this was your baby, right? You kind of put this thing together. In your zeal to try and get. You realize I could cut out, I could cut out anything you say. Go ahead. Yes. In your zeal, but you're you're not going to cut me out. This is going to make sense. To try and get as many people to like our Facebook page and to follow the Snow the Goalie Twitter account, of course, follow you and me as well. Um, that you made the criteria so difficult that people had to do mo- like four or five things just to get just to be entered into this drawing. And it's funny because we retweeted it. I don't know three times each or whatever. And, yeah. and I can remember at one point you saying, oh, yeah, I know I thought the numbers would be a little bit higher. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, yeah, because you asked them to do so many things. People don't have time to do all it's that. It's three clicks. It's three clicks. It's, it's on Twitter. But some are on Twitter. Some are on Facebook. So you have, well, did, you have them jumping it, back and it, forth. I it, no. I said if you're on Facebook, this is what you do. If you're on Twitter, this is what you do. I didn't say you have to do both. That would be insane. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Doing three anyway, clicks is not insane. Our, our winner. Are you ready? Are you gonna? Sh- you gonna sh- oh, we got a winner. Okay, go ahead. Drum roll. Here's the drum roll. Yes, yep. Because I, I, I confirmed this person went. They liked us at Snow the Goalie. They liked you at Ant San Philly. They liked me at Joy on Broad. The winner of the inaugural giveaway is at Nolan Patrick nineteen. Stop it. And I, and the person's name is yeah. I. It says. Jass Hart Oscar. That might just be like Yas Oscar. I'm not sure. It's, uh, it might be. But Nolan Patrick 19 on Twitter, you are the winner. Um, <laughs> so we will have to find out because we're going to have to get uh, the Flyers PR. Uh, Zach Hill has the puck. So we just have to figure out how we're getting the puck to you. So DM uh, either Anthony or me or the Snow the Goalie account on Twitter, and we will be sure to uh, 
get that sent over your way. Congratulations to at Nolan Patrick 19, who's not really Nolan Patrick 19. <laughs> we um, hope. <laughs> we think. <laughs> okay, now listen. I'm not I'm not gonna go total conspiracy here, but like imagine if uh <laughs> if it were Nolan Patrick who's like uh trying to I don't know, like cat uh, like like he's fishing or whatever, and he's just like got a burner account where he's like posing as somebody else and he wins the puck and goes into Zach Hill's office and is like, Hey uh hey hey Zach, uh, that the puck's mine. Zach's like, What? No, it's it's a giveaway for Snow Guys. No, no, no. No, it's it, it's me. It's me. Uh, no? so I'm on like I'm okay. on the page. I'm on their yeah. Twitter page. It yeah. looks to be a um a a young female. A young lady. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it's I I'm pretty sure that it's not Nolan Patrick. Uh I mean, she has a self she has a selfie with her phone taking a picture of herself. As Listen, her, man, as have her you never, photo. Are you trying to tell me you've never taken a, a selfie of yourself? Oh, I no? have. I have. No, I'm, just, oh. I'm not. I'm not Listen, criticizing. No, I'm I just w- trying to identify oh, okay. who the person Listen, is. I want. I want. I want a selfie of you taking a picture of yourself into the mirror, and I want that to be. I just follow. I'll make her. that the snow. I'll make that the snowy goalie page. That might be a dead giveaway. I was gonna have that. You had to listen to the show to find out if you won. Oh, am, you am I supposed just to another it now? another step. I'm sorry. Am I? You am gotta I announce, to announce it. it? Yes, you am, gotta am announce I putting it. it on Twitter. <sighs> you have to announce it. I mean, if you want to wait till tomorrow to announce it, you know, after the the pod releases, fine. You don't have to do it right this second. <sighs> I love that. I love that the listeners get to hear us go back and forth on this stuff. Listen, they don't have anything else going on right now. Hockey is uh, hockey's not happening. <laughs> this, I think, with the Derek Grant interview figured in here, we're going to be at about an hour and a half. That's so, good. Uh, that's I hope good. people enjoyed the episode. I know sometimes, you know, we had gotten feedback that we should go to shorter episodes if we were going to go to two times a week. But I think our plans to go to two times a week are uh, currently on hold. Uh, until the until the until, season comes back. Until they're playing hockey Until again. the season comes yep. back. Because we're heartbroken and sad. So, anyway. Anything else you wanted to hit on before we uh, hit the dusty trail? No. I think it's, I think you it's sure? time. You're, you're, you're positive? It's time. City slicker. So you don't have anything that you want to plug for your community theater. There's nothing going on there. There's nothing going on. Nothing even, going on. Even there. my show is going to be uh, postponed. You know what? Maybe maybe we'll have to start doing like show reviews. Not like not like Broadway shows, but like what if we started doing? Uh, since we always ask for people's uh, um, favorite shows to binge, what if we just made that a segment of the show going forward? We need to know. Give us your feedback on Twitter at Snow the Goalie. Uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash snowthegoalie. You can send us an email, snowthegoalie at gmail.com. Um, that could be fun. By the way, I did watch uh, Don't F With Cats. And? Since you uh, had told, what was it, TK and Niskanen and yeah. Farabee, I think. Yeah, yeah. When we had them all on the show. I even talked uh, all to- those, uh, I even, All those videos are available on youtube.com. I think, by the way, I also uh, brought it up with- uh, I brought it up with uh, Lawton, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was really good. Right? It's so messed up. It's so messed up. <laughs> yeah, I told you. so good. It's good. Oh though, my god! Right? And oh, the the twist at the end, the yes. defense. Oh no! Yes. No, 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 no. Anyway, yeah. it's a good show. I liked it. I dug yeah. it. I'm glad, glad you. Anyway, glad you took my word for it. No, nah, you know, sometimes you're right. It doesn't happen all that much, but sometimes it does. And when it does, when you're right, you're right. Thanks, pal. Anyway, I guess we'll be back uh, next week. 
And I don't expect there to be any breaking news uh, to the positive and uh, for hockey, but we'll see. If, uh, if some of these testing kits that they're rolling out now that have a four-hour turnaround time, if that goes mainstream, maybe that'll kind of help to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus, and maybe we'll get back to, uh, to hockey at some point before the summer. That'd be nice. Yeah. Since we can't make predictions about the Flyers' games this week, Make a prediction. When does hockey come back? Memorial Day weekend. So for people like me who don't know the date of Memorial Day, I mean, end of May? I, <laughs> is that the end of May? It's like the it's, yeah, 23rd, 24th, 25th of May this year. I, I Something okay. like that. How don't you know that? You should have that burned into your brain. <laughs> the correct answer, of course, because I am a whiz uh, on the Google machine. It's Monday, May 25th. Wow, that would suck. That's so far away. I think hockey is going to come back on May 8th. Because May 8th is the due date of our third child. And it's just going to be fitting that hockey would get in the swing of things as there's a newborn at home. Preventing me from covering this. You know, maybe I'll bring the newborn. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Probably not a good idea. Anyway, thanks for listening to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. The only Flyers podcast that gives you the opportunity to win an autographed Joel Farabee puck. And look, we'll have more giveaways in the future, especially as people are kind of feeling down without hockey in their lives. We'll we'll figure some stuff out. Hopefully we'll have some big announcements coming in the next couple of weeks or in the next month or so. Um, but in the meantime, Thanks for checking in for our Monday episode. If there's something that you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to drop us a line on Twitter at AntSanPhilly, at JoyOnBroad, at SnowTheGoalie, over on Facebook.com slash SnowTheGoalie, SnowTheGoalie at gmail.com. And be sure to go back and check out some of the interviews that we've done over the last year and a half on video, YouTube.com slash CrossingBroad. And plus, check out CrossingBroad.com for all of your hockey coverage, as Anthony and I, I'm sure, are going to cobble together some stories in the next few days. Uh, about about the orange and black. So for Anthony, I'm Russ. We'll talk to you again next week. Go over and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Make Mr. Happy smile.